0: Let's start recording. Say that again, darling. <laughs>
2: it's so lovely to be with you both. Two of my favourite human beings on the planet. Honestly, I love you both dearly with all my heart. But Jojo, I feel especially connected to you right now because I have been following, I'd like to say, the dream that turned into a nightmare, which has basically turned into like, it's got to be a whole series of films now. Your are Glastonbury adventure stroke misadventure honestly it is it's just like unbelievable it is it's
0: like the hangover Do you know, the thing was, everyone was so surprised that I was so calm about it, but it weirdly added to my Glastonbury experience. It was just like, how I, I, you know, I go to Glastonbury for the first time. I lost my keys in Glastonbury. It's just like, it was, it was epic. What
2: I loved is like, it was like telling the story through your Facebook post. And the first one is like, hi guys, living my best life, lost my keys. I don't think that's going to be too much of a problem. Then you cut to the later post and it's like oh, fuck, I think we're going to have to get a hammer and smash the window. (laughs) The next one is like, you just hear this flapping sound and you're like, this is the bin bag, which is now the window. Honestly, I fucking loved it. It also made me very glad that I wasn't at Glastonbury.
0: Oh God, it was, oh, what an epic experience. It genuinely was. I loved every second of it. And I am loving seeing you again so soon because it wasn't that long ago we had a very impromptu meetup in a bar in Edinburgh with your fabulous friend that I've fallen in love with.
2: We had a great time. We had a fabulous time. Well, hopefully soon to be repeated when I come up for yes. the festival.
0: Because you are coming up to the Edinburgh Festival. And please tell us what you're up to. Well,
2: I am sort of kind of revisiting a theme that I explored a couple of years ago with my political stand-up show called State of the Nation. Mm-hmm. And it was called State of the Nation politics power and how we lost the plot. And so I'm kind of resurrecting that, but I'm combining it with my Times radio comedy hour that I do, where I get like a couple of stand-ups. You've both been on my show yes. and we crunch through the week's news and it's really popular. People love it. So I'm bringing that to life and we are going to be at the Gilded Balloon. We're going to be recording um, this sort of panel discussion with myself, a couple of comedians and a, a political guest. And we're resurrecting State of the Nation. It's now Power, Politics and Tractors. Tractors. (laughs)
3: Tractors. <laughs> oh, that's oh you up. because of the porn. Yeah. No, right. Of course. The man,
2: because of the naughty
0: man. Naughty man and his tractor porn.
2: <laughs> I was only looking for tractors. I
3: was only. Did he track. I've down got a combine drink. harvester and I'll give you the key. <laughs> that was yes. a song, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> that
2: was. That's exactly. That, you know, it's. Don't like mention cor- keys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> it's like Corn Hub. That is the new thing, basically.
3: Corn Hub. <laughs> Eerier.
2: <laughs>
3: put it away uh, can I ask you a question because we can see you obviously and you're in front of a brimming bookcase full of books are you doing a Nicola Sturgeon to appear intelligent with all the paperbacks behind you or have you read all those
2: of course I haven't read any of them oh, like, I can't read don't be ridiculous neither can I, <laughs> I mean, normally it's just like I don't it's all comics and things like that no I have read some of them I haven't probably read all of them but um but no I can I put, I'll tell you why I did put them up because I basically, I've just recently moved in and the rest of the house is very, either very bare or it looks like a charity shop. So this is a totally fake curated to make me look like I'm a functional human being. Mm -hmm. We all have to try and pretend.
3: You've just moved house.
2: Well, I say just about eight months ago, but it feels like I've I've just got loads of boxes still, you know, when you just feel like, cause time goes by so fast when you when one goes down the path of life. Mm.
3: Oh, that's so true. And do you feel that you have a steady rudder guiding you through the choppy seas of life? I
0: love a steady rudder.
3: honey. How
0: did you manage to make that sound absolutely filthy? I'd like a steady rudder.
3: That's rich coming from a thrush victim. Pipe down. That's what she brought back from the festival.
2: My, podcast. My podcasting partner went to Glassman. All she brought back was as lousy, lousy as infection.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a dirty lady in no reprise.
2: <laughs> it's a meeting of minds. <laughs> so
3: can I ask you a question? Because I know your political background. Mm-hmm. I'm, how did you get into the comedy side of things? Because for people that don't know, you're not just a broadcaster. You're also a
2: comedian. So the comedy thing happened. I think it kind of happened because I sort of had a quarter-life crisis. I was sort of around age 24, 25. I was working in the civil service. So, you know, not a pro-pro-political job, but very much in the heart of Westminster and government and working with politicians. And I just suddenly could see my life panning out. And it was not a bad life, don't get me wrong, but it was very much... Doing a full on job, going to the pub at night with your work colleagues, talking about work all the time, then having sort of weekends of just getting drunk and then going back to work. And I could just see this was going to be my life for the next, however, you know, decades. And I just thought, I just want to do something a bit different. And I went out with my really good friend that I worked with at the time. We got really drunk and we drew up a list of like fantasy things that you could do if you could do anything. So she's like, I'd be a cabaret singer. And I was like, Oh, I'd be a stand up comedian. And she was like, Oh my God, you should totally do stand up. You're so funny. And I used to, you know, I've always sort of hopefully been funny um, from a young age. And people always said to me, You're really, really funny. Anyway, weeks pass, nothing of it. She comes up to my desk at work, slams down a newspaper and goes, you have got to do this, and it was a course in stand-up comedy. It was the first ever course that Logan Murray ran, and he is this oh, very, wow. very, yeah, he, the very first one. It was it was um, with the Amused Moose, and she's like, "You've got to do it. It's 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 fate." So I did this stand-up course in comedy, and it was amazing because that first batch of us had some incredible people. Rod Gilbert did it. Oh wow. Greg Davies did it. Um, some amazing uh, people, and um, they all went to be really on to be really rich and famous. And I ended up working for the Labour Party. So um, some of <laughs> us had diverging paths of success, but that's how I got into it. And so I just started gigging loads. I was sort of leading a double life because by day I was this quite boring, serious government Whitehall press officer, and then by night I was gigging all around the country. And I loved having this secret double life. But you have completely managed and still can maintain that double
0: life. Do you know what I mean? You still managed to to do stand up and do comedy and have a, a serious job without without landing up in the papers or any headlines of of madness of Aisha Hazarika. You you've smashed it. We'll just wait till we have our night out in Edinburgh. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm 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 on a mission to bring you down, girl. <laughs>
2: I could just see it the three of us <laughs> on the front of the star. Oh. It would be the star It as would well. be that's the star. Why, we wouldn't even get I the sun. To be. That's why I want it to be the star, actually. Um, no, that's very kind of you to say. I mean, I, I think that I was an early adopter of the sort of side hustle and being a polymath because I think when I was kind of making my way in the world, I was sort of, look, I was told I couldn't do loads of things. From a very young age, It was told like, uh, you can't work in politics because you're uh, a brown woman and that's just not going to happen. Then it was like, well, somebody like you couldn't be in stand-up comedy because, again, you're a brown woman and yeah. that's not the place for stand-up. So I think I've just always had this attitude, which is I'll just try different things mm. and I'll I'll see how far I go with them and I'll give it a go. And some of it is just always going to be a bit of a side hustle and a hobby. Some of it has will we'll, we'll kind of move on. And I think what's nice is now I've reached a point In my advancing year, where all of the things have collided, but in quite a happy way. So, you know, my radio show, for example, that is a perfect combination of I get to geek out on my politics and be a total political geek. But then I get to get my really funny comedy friends on and, you know, have a laugh about the news as well. So it's quite nice that all those things have collided. Collided and feed off
0: each other in a way that creates really good content. It's brilliant.
2: Oh, no, No, well, I,
3: I enjoyed it. I mean, I was a bit hesitant just because I thought oh times radio. This is quite stuffy. I thought it was all intellectuals, but no, everyone was talking as much pish as I was. So I was very comfortable,
2: <laughs> including the host. <laughs> but, but you mentioned, don't, don't I'm, I'm like bring the intellectualism down. <laughs> I sort of bring the class down at times radio.
3: No, it was funny because I, I did say that to Aisha and I said, Oh, I feel as though I'm a bit out of my depth. She went, Oh, don't worry, darling. It's the comedy panel. <laughs> I thought, oh, side eye. Um, you, you mentioned <laughs> mention politics. Is Labour ready for a female leader?
2: Oh, my God. Do you know, I don't, I would love to say with great confidence to you both. Yes, absolutely. But I think the Labour Party has got a really deep structural problem with mm-hmm. female leaders now. The Labour Party loves women. Mm. Do not get me wrong. Sometimes a bit too, too much from some yeah. of the some of the the male politicians. I think there's a lot of respect for the for the feminist movement. There's a lot of, but I think the trade union movement it is changing. I think classic Labour politics is actually quite old fashioned. I think they see power as being it's got to be a sort of white bloke, but also it does seem to always have to be a white bloke from London. That is mm. the other thing which but- it has to.
3: It, it, it's, it's exactly what you said because I was. Th- I don't want to like typecast anyone. Do you think a trade union would take a woman from the north seriously?
2: Well, I think. I think. Yes, because I think I think the I think the trade union movement is slowly beginning to change. And there's some really good female trade unionists who are rising to mm-hmm. the top. I mean, the leading brilliant, brilliant woman at the moment is Frances O'Grady, who is the leader of the trade union congress. They're sort of like the trade association for all the different trade unions. Mm. And she is a really impressive woman who does command a lot of authority. Um, Two of Britain's biggest trade unions, Unison and Unite, are run by women now. So I think things are changing slowly, but the Labour Party has got to get with the programme on this. I mean, it is ridiculous that the Conservatives have had not just one, but two female leaders and two female Prime Ministers. And we can't seem to get our heads around. We give it the big one about equality and all that stuff, but we can't seem to get it into our heads to vote for a woman.
0: Yeah. And there, there was, I mean, I haven't actually kept up, but Jess Phillips was seemed to be a forerunner for quite a while in terms of being a strong woman and and leading leadership qualities, but then seems to have disappeared off the face of the planet. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Jess is, gr- is great. I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, Jess. She's a you know she's a good friend of mine. And she's she's brilliant. Look, there's lots of great female talent in the Labour Party. Lisa mm-hmm. Nandy is brilliant. Angela Rayner, mm-hmm. I'm just speaking yeah. to you after Prime Minister's questions. Um, and Angela Rayner was brilliant today. She's got a huge amount of like fearlessness and she's got like mm-hmm. spark about her. Um, Lisa Nandy is very good. Rachel Reeves is very good. Yvette Cooper is very good. Bridget Phillips. And there's a whole range of really good The Labour Party is not short of female Mm -hmm. talent, but there's always like, when it comes to a moment of leadership, there's always a, but, there's always a, I know she's really good, but, you know, we, and we've got to get past that And talking of female
0: leaders mm-hmm. we were just discussing earlier about our very own Ms. Nicola Sturgeon and her um, announcement of a referendum next year 19th of October what are your thoughts? Do you think it is going to happen? Do you think it's just a play on her part to keep people who want independence happy that she's doing something, but that it won't actually come to pass.
3: Or do you think, like some people said yesterday, it was fantastic deflection for the more predatory members of her party that have been in the news recently. You discussed that with politics. You know, I think it's a problem across all parties, unfortunately. You know, I'm not taking the the mick out of that. But a lot of people had said that, yeah, it's to appeal to the masses and also it helped shift, you know, that was the front page as opposed to... Mm -hmm. Whoever, if you see what I mean.
2: No, that, I, think, I think that is a fair point. And I don't think the SNP have covered themselves with glory over this case of, you know, sexual misconduct and the, the, the really horrible realities. We are joking earlier, but I mean, my thing is called, you know, parapolitics and tractors. I mean, we have got to the stage where, I'm sorry, there is an absolute stench in politics right now, and it is across all different parties. Right. I mean, nobody can claim the moral high ground on, on this issue because there are total, like, complete creeps in every single political party and they sort of get away with it. So I don't know if this has done been deliberately done to to sort of you know to kind of dead cat strategy that, but I do agree it does provide a, a distraction. I think to Joe's two questions. What do I think about it? Do I think it will happen? No, I don't think it will happen on the date she wants next year. I don't think on the 19th of October, 2023, we will, you know, certainly you guys will be trotting off to the to the ballot box. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she's had to do it because there is a lot of, anger within the movement yeah. you know i speak to a lot of people across the smp who are like come on when are we going to go you know when is there going to be when is the right time when is the perfect time going to be and i think that's what the the difficulty is for her there is no perfect time so you can cut it different ways like you can look at the mandate that the SNP has got and it has got a big mandate you know it, it's it's still a very popular government mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's A completely successful government, by the way, you look at the drugs, deaths, you look at, you know, the, the ferry situation, you look at sort of education education standards and, you know, problems in the health service. Scotland is not a sort of a magical unicorn place. Sometimes in England, people write up this narrative of Scotland that everything is perfect. Yeah, prescriptions
0: and everybody's, you know, running around hugging each other. They've not seen the state of the roads. That's all I'm saying.
2: And, you know, so there's all of, there's all of that, but I do think that there is an argument as well, which is things, two big things have happened since the 2014 referendum and they are the two B's, Boris Johnson and of course Brexit. And so it's going to be, so I don't think she's, I think the Supreme Court will come back and say, you don't have the jurisdiction. And but what I think you will see is it will be interesting if she if they do go through with their threat, which is at the next general election, they literally just put forward a manifesto which with one line which and one question, which is do you want Scotland to be independent?
3: Yeah. I think October was foolish. Particularly for the gay community, because people are planning their outfits for Halloween. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so I just,
3: you know, I kind of think, come on, Nicola, think about your light tonight. You're being a wee bit selfish here, mm-hmm. because you get the grids. Well, exactly. That that's the whole thing.
0: I want to ask another question, actually, because you have obviously been in politics now a considerable amount of time without being rude. The, the length of time that you've been involved, but in terms of again across the board, politics was very much seen for a long time as a vocational job, something where people very much didn't go into it for the money. They went into it to make a difference in society and for the communities around them. But now it feels like a lot of politicians are doing it for their own benefit. They're arse covering at the risk and detriment to their community rather than for the community. What is the shift that you've seen, or do you just see that it's just a bit icky at the moment and it will get better?
2: which I I totally understand and I feel it myself, which is you look at everything that's going on and you think, my God, is this the most rotten lot of politicians we've ever, ever, ever had. But I think it's quite easy to fall into that that trap. And then you do have these terrible stories where, let's say, an MP gets murdered like Joe Cox or David Amos or a very nice Conservative MP died, sadly, recently, James Brokenshire. And when an MP like that passes, everybody goes, oh, my God, actually, they were really good. And and people go, God, it's really important to remember that not everybody in politics is a wrong and actually there's a load of people. They don't get the headlines. They're not famous. We don't really hear about them, but they're actually really good constituency MPs and they do work really hard for the the people who elect them and they do good things in Parliament. So I think it is important to remember that not everybody in politics right now is some horrendous like. Corrupt bastard, basically. And I think that is really important to remember. But I think the problem we have at the moment, particularly in Westminster, particularly with this government, is that the quality of political leadership is so poor. And we do have a leadership right now, you know, looking at the cabinet, looking at Boris Johnson, you look at all the kind of crimes and misdemeanours, and nobody in a senior position of leadership seems to ever take responsibility. So I think that is throwing really bad shade on everybody else. I think it's a bit lazy to say all politicians are in it for themselves and they're all bad people. I don't think that's true, but certainly there's quite a few people at the top of politics right now who I think are really, really bad for politics and really bad for democracy.
0: And how far spread do you think that is? Because again, it brings in a different and and more of a global point of view. We get the whole cash for questions and things, but from a, from a a bigger picture point of view, how much influence do things like big tech, big pharma have on our domestic politics in terms of getting into it?
2: I think that's a great question. Like, I think particularly big tech has got a huge reach. Even beyond politics, I'd say it's even beyond politics, it's like shaping society. And I remember from my time as a a special advisor, and political advisor, you'd get all these like um, lobbyists from the tech companies coming in to see you. And they were like stormtroopers. They'd like come in, they'd have jetted in from California and they'd have all these very well-paid, very shiny, glossy, glamorous lobbyists in London. They troop in to see you. They were all fresh from Silicon Valley. And do you know what? Watching your minister or the pol- like, some shabby politician in their sixties who doesn't know how to like work their own phone or send an email, and then they're having a discussion with Google over regulation. I mean, it's just re- you know, it's such an unmatched discussion to have because the big tech giants can just run rings yeah. round. I remember somebody telling me the story about MPs had called in a tech company to do a presentation, and nobody in the room. Could get like the Wi Fi connection. <laughs> and it's like, these guys don't stand a chance mm-hmm. against these tech companies. So I think that is a bigger, big, that is a really big question. And nobody knows how to to tame these tech companies. Mm -hmm.
3: I think going back to what you were saying about politicians behaving inappropriately, I think some people that I speak to on the street, because I'm often on the street working, (laughs) parking. Unpaid, voluntary work. (laughs) Uh, Counselling.
2: Making a loss.
3: (laughs) I'm in a deficit, <laughs> a bum deficit. Um, what was I going to say? But I think a lot of people, they, like who was the, the conservative woman that basically said, if you want a better life, could you not go to sleep, do all these other jobs and whatever? And a lot of people are looking at people that can keep their hands to themselves, but they're just in it for the expenses. You know, you see these expenses claims and you just think that the calibre of people, that does seem to be a lot of people. Look, I was thinking about being a politician. <laughs> could you imagine the BNP, the Bunty National Party? I mean, last... <laughs> (laughs) handslide if you like nonsense let me give you a feast but (laughs) genuinely I think a lot of people think these people make and you know the jobs on the side and all that kind of stuff you know there is money to be made
2: I think it's more again I probably just do a distinction Uh, I think some people have absolutely taken the piss out of the expenses system Mm. before the before the expenses scandal I think it it has been tightened up quite a lot and people do need some money to run their offices because they are running quite and if you look at a good MP, my goodness, the casework that they have, particularly right now with people struggling economically, you know, their caseload is absolutely off the scale at the moment. And it was pretty, it was really bad through COVID. So I think the expenses are one thing. And I think you do have to have MPs have, you've got to let them have staff. You've Mm -hmm. got to let them have an office, right? I think that's fine. But where you are right, Bruce, is these second jobs. And there's a lot of people particularly on one party, creaming it in, raking it in. I mean, there are some people for whom being an MP is probably a lost leader, but that is the gig that gets them all the other juicy lucrative gigs
3: that is exactly like the dine-in from Marks and Spencers that's a lost leader but it gets you in the shop and they don't do the wine anymore so don't buy it but then this is the thing even in Simply Food you can buy pants (laughs) are the pants pants? (laughs) they're they're phyllo pastry pants (laughs) (laughs) a meal foy gusset (laughs)
2: bit moist. <laughs> <laughs> well, a
3: bit of egg wash.
2: Foggy <laughs>
3: bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon. <laughs> so, celebrity bake-off, shall we? <laughs> Um, are you doing the
0: whole
2: run of the festival or are you t- are doing a... I'm just doing a wee soup song. I'm just doing a week. So I'm doing the 8th to the 14th at okay. the Gilded Balloon from 2 to 3 o'clock. So I'm hoping the rest of the time I'm going to be hanging out with you guys. Great. Yes. Are, are well.
3: Yes, I mean, I'll, I'll just be blatant. Are you looking for
2: guests? <laughs> I absolutely am looking for guests. So we'll definitely I'm in. be having a gym.
3: i mean, because then the thing is, after if your show's done at 4, we get on the gin by half past. I mean, I can be home by 8. I'm asleep. i
0: that is first. so
2: my vibe at the moment that is I've reached that point of life I'm like can we do early drinking so I can yes. be in bed or oh, yes. there's
0: something to be said for day drinking 100% absolutely. we like we it. love a day drink don't absolutely. we absolutely mm. start
3: early get it over with but I also like I like
0: an all night <laughs> drinking as well I'm not fussy I can't no you're not fussy <laughs> and uh, you're Jojo you, you,
2: you, you like a lost weekend <laughs> I, do. Yeah.
0: I do I like I like losing days of the week do you <laughs> and finding them in really, an unexpected Collecting it's bugs and diseases. <laughs> <laughs> you are painting me as a Harriet. <laughs> a harlot. A
3: harridan. A harridan. A a harridan, harlot, or Harriet? A pox ridden harlot. shut your face. <laughs> She's, She's just so punished. She's just jealous. Yes. Believe me, I'm not. I can see her. <laughs> the clothes do nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your type I, no you're not you're not for everyone
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> So I've at Please do not the you beauty advice when I first met Bruce we did a hilarious thing he was giving the first Minstoke advice he was like I think you just need a wee bit of serum
3: well the thing that I have said this consistently about Nicola and I like Nicola she earns all that money and yet her shoes remain a half size too big mm. <laughs> she's always <laughs> clattering about
2: you know, I have. For, I, I actually, I'm a big fan of Nicola Surgeon, But one of the things I think is amazing is how she walks around on those high heels. Mm-mm. Did couldn't you see? When, I couldn't do
3: it. I no. couldn't do it. Did you see when Tracy Olman um, did her? Yeah. Um, which ultimate compliment to be, you know, pastiche, and she got out the helicopter, and I was like, oh, the shoes—they're just a wee bit too. <laughs> oh, that attention to detail, did she? Oh, marvelous. Because you could see the um, put the, the skull um, gripper thing for your heels. um. Because I. Are you old enough to remember when your mum used to go into uh, Dolce's and ask for the pop sock? A pop sock. <laughs> Those oh plumbing, oh honking God. pop, pop socks sock to so try on your shoes. Disgusting. Yes. And it was, it was rigid. It was
2: like a panty liner for your feet. Beats so. What? American.
3: Because uh, yeah, they were like, oh, you're trying on sandals, madam. You'll need a pop Pop's sock. My mum just used to go pop sock. <laughs> Mary given it large in Salisbury's. Anyway, that's near Glastonbury <laughs> Aisha, we can't wait to see you in August and thank you so much for joining us.
2: It's been such a pleasure. I cannot wait to see you in real life very no, soon. Because I, mean, I wasn't able
3: to make the impromptu you you Edinburgh because I had um, daddy issues. Yes, which isn't what it sounds. No, it's no, it it an actual sign. father that has issues. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know I'm not. I'm not one of these trigger DVDs. <laughs> no. you have got many <laughs> other issues, but daddy issues isn't one of them. <laughs> yes, no, because I'm my own dad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm the dog's mum. <laughs> <laughs> <the dog's> <laughs> Aisha, big kiss. You're a doll.
0: We'll see you very soon. Love oh, you. Bye bye.
1: premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Mitocea's body care breakthrough, hyaluronic body serum.